Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 145 and today we're going to be looking at Jesus' wisdom on our money, our possessions, our stuff, really everything that we that we manage and own. And uh, this is an area that Jesus targets a lot. You'd be surprised how much he spoke about money and possessions and wealth and property. I mean, you would think there would be more spiritual concerns, you know, like, I don't know, maybe like prayer or something. Well, he did, he did teach about prayer. He did, but he spoke more about money, a lot more. And I think the reason is, is because most people have trouble using it well. And, and this actually includes people who say they don't have any money, or uh, they don't really care about money, they don't really think about it, you know, because there's people that will say that, well, I don't really care about money, don't really think about it. As long as I get, as long as I can get by, I'm fine. Well, Jesus teaches, well, actually, you should be thinking about it. You should be thinking about it. It's a resource that we have, and it apparently, according to this teaching, it's very, very important how we handle it and how we use it. Otherwise, it seems to have a capacity and a power to use us. So it's either we learn how to use this stuff well, this wealth that we have, or resources well, or we end up, uh, yeah, worrying about it or having it dominate our weakening ours in other ways. It's really a part of everyone's life. I mean, even people who say it's not important, of course it's important, you know. It's so common for people to talk about the economy all the time. Uh, it's common for people to live in houses they can't afford or juggle loans to get by. It's common for people to lie awake at night wondering if they'll have enough or they stay in jobs they hate or they marry people and partner with people for money or stay in unhappy living situations for money. I mean, it, it's a big uh, influence and it's so easy to overspend individually, nationally, uh, spend money on the wrong things. I mean, money is something everyone thinks about one way or another. And, and many of us really don't know how to use it well. And this is a teaching about how to use it. And it's not about uh, giving it away to somebody else. That's not primarily what this teaching is about. Uh, it's really a teaching about how to use it. And I have entitled this one, this teaching, Shrewd is Good, because this is about, actually, it's a very strange parable. I'll tell you right away, if you read this one at home, Luke 16, 1 through 13, you might skip over it. It is the strangest, oddest one, almost as, almost as strange as the one where 
Jesus is uh, calling the Syrophoenician woman a dog, but that's for another day. So many people don't know how to use money. And this is a teaching about how to use it. I've called it shrewd is good, because that's one of the words in the parable about the shrewd manager. Jesus is talking about how to make it work for you rather than you work for it. He always turns everything upside down. He reverses the power dynamic always in every way. And so it's not going to be surprising to you that, that he does the same with money. Now, with money and our, all the stuff that we own, we tend to have two parts to our lives. We have the practical parts of our lives, right, where we work and we manage our households, trying to keep it all in order, our finances, our investments, if we have any, our savings, if we have any, spending, childcare, all these practical things. We sort of manage that, and then we have our spiritual life. Uh, maybe uh, we pray, maybe we meditate, maybe we uh, are part of a study, or we worship in a church, or we volunteer, we do something at church, read the scriptures, whatever, right? We tend to sort of have two parts of our lives. Jesus is always about closing up the gap. Always. Um, in whatever area, Jesus is always about bringing these two parts together. In other words, everything is spiritual, if that makes sense. And it's, it's like Jesus is saying, there's nothing in your life that can't benefit from God's wisdom and understanding. A healthy spiritual growth always closes the gap until one day, you know, there isn't two parts of me. Although, to be honest, that's probably going to be when we die. But nonetheless, this is, this is the idea that we get so connected with God's way, God's influence, that, uh, you know, there just isn't really two ways anymore. So this is a parable about money. And, uh, and again, it's, it's got nothing to do with giving it to the needy. I know that we associate teachings on money. Uh, we tend to associate it with giving to the church. Well, this isn't one of them. In fact, Jesus' wisdom is very different than the usual way of looking at things. Jesus actually never taught to give to the church. Did you know that in the New Testament? He never taught give to your local church or give to charity or the poor because he assumed when he was speaking to his disciples, he assumed that they would be already doing that. It's kind of like a no-brainer. They already, he already, it was already a part of their culture. The disciples would have given to the temple. The first students, there was this cultural expectation 2,000 years ago that those who had extra money would give to those who didn't. That was done. What he did teach was is motivation. He'd say, now don't give, or he'd say, when you give, don't give to get attention. Don't make a big fuss about things. 
Don't give to get approval or win approval. Don't give to get ahead or win someone's favor. Just do it quietly. Don't tell the world, right? You don't need to tell the world when you're doing anything that's good. If it's truly a gift, God knows and that's enough. You don't need anything else. So really, that was, that was one of the, the bases of Jesus' teaching was, it wasn't so much he spent a lot of time talking about, now you need to learn how to, you know, give to your local church, and you need to learn how to give to poor people. No, he didn't, didn't spend time saying that at all. It was like, of course you're already doing that. So uh, this is the parable. It's a really strange one. Puzzled people for centuries. And uh, I'm going to just concentrate on the bits that are kind of clear and miss out the parts that are odd. So here's the parable. The parable is there's this bad manager and, and he's caught stealing from his boss. And the boss fires him. But just before he leaves his position, he visits a few of the clients and he changes their bill. And as this uh, bad manager is working with the clients just before he leaves, he says, how much do you owe the boss? And he says, the client says, well, I owe him 100 jugs of olive oil. And he says, okay, well, let's make it 50. Let's cut it to 50. And the client's like, wow, great. Oh, thanks very much. Next client. How much do you owe the boss? He says, well, I owe, I owe the boss 100 containers of wheat. And the bad manager says, okay, let's make it 50. Let's make it 50. So the manager's thinking, when I'm, when I'm fired, these former clients, I'm hoping that these former clients will remember that I gave them a really good deal and hopefully they'll help me out. So this is, this is what he's thinking. When I'm actually out a job, I hope these clients will remember that I cut their bill and I hope they'll find favor with them. Now, when the boss finds out what the manager did, he can't help but be impressed with his shrewdness. Now, that word shrewdness is translated, the original language, the word shrewdness is thoughtful planning. So the boss commended this bad, dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. He says, well, yeah, look at that. Look at that. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generations than the children of light. And the parable ends. Actually, it ends with verse 13, which, which is, you cannot serve God and wealth. Or the original word, you cannot serve God and mammon, which is actually the clearest part of the parable. So you can't, you can't serve two things at one time. You have to serve one or the other, but you can't serve both things. Two things can't get your heart at the same time, right? So that's the strange parable. And um, if we were taking a modern spin on it, it would be like a highly successful business person who's made a lot of money. Some of the business practices are highly questionable. 
And Jesus isn't admiring his dishonest business practice, but he's saying, well, look at this person's street smarts. Look at their strategy. Look at the time that they spend on this. Look at all their planning and their researching and their thinking, making the deal and closing the deal. And, and then the contrast. I wonder if God's people have that kind of devotion, have that kind of planning, have that kind of shrewdness when they're using all their life's resources. I wonder if God's people are using their energy and their wits and their intellect and their resources with an aim to please God, or are they just pleasing themselves, right? People have enough passion and time and energy to think about what would benefit me, what do I want? What do I want for my family? What do I want for my loved ones? How can I secure my future? Jesus is stopping there in the parable and he's saying, okay, I wonder if God's people have the same kind of time and energy when it comes to pleasing God. I'm looking at this shrewd, bad manager go to all sorts of clever lengths to make sure he's going to be okay when he's fired. Lots of clever thinking involved in that, contemplating and wondering. I wonder if God's people spend any time thinking and wondering what would be pleasing to God. It's a bit of a setup, really, the parable, because most of us um, don't spend tremendous amounts of time thinking about, oh, how, how does my all my uh, money or wealth or possessions or clothes or food, how does it impact my relationship with God? I mean, does God have any say in it at all? Or do I just kind of go about my business on a day-to-day basis, right? Well, many of us would say, well, kind of just go about my day-to-day basis, just kind of common sense. Jesus would say, no, no, that's, you're, you're really missing the point. Because wealth and money and possessions for Jesus is something that people have to learn how to use. It's not something that comes naturally to us. And for Jesus, it's our relationship to it that he's concerned about. He doesn't say wealth is bad, stuff is bad, money is bad. He questions, okay, who's in charge here? Do you serve it or does it serve you? Who's doing the leading? Who has the power? Who has the influence? So, He's not saying that money is bad. He's suggesting that if it's managed well, it can actually lead us into life and it can lead other people into life. It can bring much good in the world, in other words. It can be used for great benefit. Now, we all know that money corrupts and we all know the stories where, you know, people have gone downhill because they haven't managed money well. Jesus is saying the opposite here. He's saying can actually bring about great good 
in the world if it's managed well. Now, you may, might have heard about that, uh, the founder of uh, Patagonia last week or this week, a couple days ago. Did you hear about him, the one who basically gave away his entire company to a charitable trust to fight climate change? Very, very unusual that this has happened um, because it's, we're talking about you know, massive, massive amounts of wealth that he set up, gave it away basically to a trust and uh, that the proceeds would go on to, to fight climate change. He has a, this Yvonne, uh, he's a different kind of guy, you know, I mean, he has a, di a different mindset. He was like this Patagonia guy. He was like, what do you need to buy another jacket for? Don't buy another jacket if you don't need it. Think about the impact on the planet. Yeah. I'm selling jackets, but don't just buy it for the sake of buying it. If you don't need it, you know, and we'll repair it. Repair your jacket. He had a completely different way of doing business because he's thinking about something else. And he's thinking about, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to damage the planet. I, I want to be a healing influence here. So how can I do that? and sell the jackets and the coats and the shoes and everything else that you get from Patagonia. Very, very different concept than most companies. And uh, it, it's, a, it's an example of someone using what they own for other purposes that can bring healing. Now, obviously, Hardly anyone's going to do this. Nobody's going to be giving away this much, right? It just doesn't happen. I think the best thing that we can do in parables is expect little shifts in our life, right? It's like every other area of our life. If we have trouble forgiving, it's going to be incremental and it's going to be in a, in a little shift. If we have trouble with anger or resentment, if we're betrayed, it's going to take a little shift, generally speaking, spiritual healing and growth come in increments. I think this exact same principle happens when we're talking about what we own, um, our possessions, our home, our clothes, our money. The changes that we make to these areas will probably be small. But the teaching is shrewd is good. In other words, think about things, Jesus is saying. Think about how you use the cash uh, or the possessions. Do you really need another jacket? I mean, that's a simple, that's a simple sort of a, <laughs> you know, uh, example, but I think that's getting getting at what he's, he's saying here, you know. Uh, maybe I'll buy fair trade. Maybe I'll modify how I eat. Maybe I'll start to tip well. Um, maybe I'll see a need and offer to help. By the way, being faithful with money and wealth and possessions isn't necessarily about giving it away. I mean, it can be. It can be. But that's not the only way to be faithful, right? It's more about having a thoughtful attitude toward 
uh, money and spending and what we actually own, uh, how much we need, why we need it. It's a more thoughtful way of living rather than just so, sort of follow blindly what we've been taught. So what we've been taught is um, you always need to have more and um, you always need to strive for more and get more. So keep on buying and keep on using and keep on getting new things, whatever the new things would be. Just keep on doing what you're doing. That's what we've been taught, right? Uh, Jesus comes along and says, no, I, I, no, let's be more thoughtful. Let's be shrewd here. Shrewd is good. Let's have some thoughtful planning. Let's have some reflection, thinking about things. Not just blindly following. Yeah, it's one of these sort of challenging parables that can actually, uh, if we took it to heart, you know, I mean, it, it would affect us every day in some, in some way. But even if you just take one area that you would like to think, you know, okay, here's one area that's come to my mind. I want to be more thoughtful in this area. It's a start. It's a start. And it's like God help us to... Help us to be faithful in these areas that we can go for the longest time and never ever question. You know, don't you find that? You can go, when it comes to money, you can go for the longest time doing your money the way you do it, spending it or not, worrying or not, accumulating or not, but you just don't really reflect on it. And yet Jesus spent so much time in this area. So the prayer and the heart cry is, God, help us to be thoughtful. And show us, show us the one piece that we can have that small shift in today. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.